Welcome and thank you for joining Save Our Sisters Unplugged, the podcast that's all about resilience and the power of storytelling. I empower women to share their survival to success stories. In essence, I help them tap into their strengths so they can walk in their purpose. My name is Noreen Foy and I'll be your host. In this episode, I sat down with Miss Paula Seema of the Talk Shit with P podcast. We discuss many aspects of mental health and how podcasting saved her life. She is such an amazing spirit and an even better storyteller who shares her story with the intent to help others. But the way she puts her bubbly and energetic personality into it, you end up laughing and forget that she's talking about low moments in her life. But on a more serious note, this episode contains details of a highly sensitive nature that may be emotionally challenging and triggering for some listeners. It includes mild profanity and mentions of suicide. I strongly advise this to be listened to by mature audiences only. We hope you'll join us whenever you're ready and able. Please take care of yourself and do not hesitate to ask for help if you need it. That said, here's my conversation with Paula. Hey, beautiful people. Welcome back to Save Our Sisters Unplugged. Today's guest is an absolute treat. We just finished up a podcast summit celebrating International Podcast Day. She has been invited to speak on numerous podcasting platforms, including PodFest and the Afros and Audio Podcast Festival. She is the creative force behind the Talk Shit with P podcast and a staunch advocate for mental health. Here to tell us how she went from darkness to downloads, it is our Rebel with a Cause, Miss Paula Sima Mula Mula. Welcome, girly. Thank you very much. I, li- I like that. I like the darkness to download. That's, oh my God. That, I, need, I need to write that down. Darkness to. <laughs> that yeah, that yeah, is the book yeah. title. Uh, I was about to say, you're going to make much. In- I was about to say, you're going to make merchandise on this. Darkness to download. There's some merchandise over there. <laughs> there you go. So let's dive in, um, because like we said, you're an advocate for mental health care. Can you share your personal journey with mental health care and how it impacted your life? Oh, God, where do I start? Um, technically, I understood what depression was once I was in America. Um, but understanding it, I realized it didn't start while I was in America. I just didn't know what I was actually dealing with. Now, um, a real quick background story of me. Um, I was born in Tanzania, that's in East Africa, but I was raised around the world. I moved around and lived in different um, countries. And so when I was in Malaysia specifically, um, I had the days where it felt so dark, like, you know, a cloudy day, very dark. You feel some darkness. I would literally close the curtains in my room. I'd want to stay in darkness and just watch shows on my bed and order food. I could literally do that the entire weekend. But to me, in my head, it was, I'm homesick. I miss my family. I want to be home with my family. So that's the excuse I gave myself at that time. And then when I came to uh, America, in, I was actually going through a breakup. And it's funny how my depression actually wakes up during a breakup. But um, right. this is my first, <laughs> my first breakup where uh, it wasn't that I was sad about the breakup. It was my first relationship in Atlanta. And um, this guy had his family in Atlanta, you know. 
So once I started dating him, I got involved with his family and his friends. It, I started feeling like Atlanta was home because I had all these amazing people who he knew. So uh, I had places to be on weekends. Like I literally had that life with friends and family, but all of them were from him. So I was ready to break up. Like I was over the relationship, you know, um, and the green light I got is when I was actually in bed with him and I did not want him to touch me. And that's when I realized, yo, I'm really checked out of, of this relationship because... Wow. I can't anymore, right? Because if you want to yeah. stay in bed, you'd want your partner to be all over you, cuddled up or doing whatever. But if you feel like even that, that thought of him touching it is disgusting and not disgusting in, a, in that way, but just it icks you. Like, you know, you shiver like, yeah. You know, why? No, you know, and yeah, I guess. Listen, listen, I knew like, okay, I couldn't keep living like this and pretending to be in a relationship that's not serving for me. And that relationship was um, mentally, emotionally, uh, what's the word? Um, was it draining? Uh, emotionally abusive. Oh. I was emotionally abused. Yeah. So uh, I think that's why I was taking my time with the breakup because I didn't want to be in that position. But I realized that I had to leave. And because I was trying to give myself excuse to stay, but also I knew I needed to leave. I was getting in this dark phase. And at the same time, I was looking at my life and I'm like, okay, what's about to happen next with my life? Like, what am I doing with my life? So all that really opened a dark, like I was really in this darkness of like, if I give him up, I lose the, the friends and family, the community that I thought I, I had created with this person because they are all his friends and his relatives. So me breaking up with him, of course, people are going to be on his side, right? Like, you, you left our guy, like, you know? Right. So that was the challenging thing. That was like, am I ready to lose all these people? Do I want to be alone? And it's not that I was alone in America. I had friends and family in D.C. D.C. was home. My best friend was in D.C. All this, but I don't want to have to go to D.C. to be around my people when I already had this life I was creating in Atlanta. So that was very rough. And I remember I'm very close to my dad, um, but it wasn't the first person I called. Um, I called my mom and me and my mom are not close, but there's certain things where I have this instinct where he tells me, call your mom. And I call her and I told her, I was like, I don't know what's going on with me, but I'm feeling this, 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 this. And I don't know how to get myself out of this funk. And she told me, pray. She's like, Paul, I know you, you don't do church like that and you don't believe like that. Um, but the only thing I can tell you right now is pray. The more darkness you feel, the more prayers you say. I was like, you know what? What do I have to lose? So yeah. I tried it, you know? And um, the more I kept praying, the bit I kept feeling like my heart felt like, a heavy load was slowly by slowly being lifted off. And that's when I also found my journey back with God because I grew up in a family where we were forced to go to church every Sunday. You know, you, you wake up, I don't care, you're sleeping or no, you're going to go to church. You're going to participate yeah. in Sunday schools. You're going to get communion. You're going to, oh, that. So once I left home, yeah. <laughs> once I left home and started living my life, I'm like, who's waking up on Sunday to go to church? No, I was out last night. 
I'm hungover. I'm staying in bed because you're about to wake me up. Focusing on the wrong things. Just wait because you're intelligent. Anytime you're forced to do something, once you have yeah. the freedom, the choice to decide whether you want to do it or not, even though it was a good thing, you end up always trying to be like, let me yeah. see how I can survive without doing that because I was forced yeah. into it. You know? Yeah, that's the first thing you told <laughs> Yeah, and that's why they say once you become a parent or you're grown up, you kind of start understanding your parents why they made you do things. Because now you're doing the things that you actually were crying about being forced to do, but now you are willingly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so the more I started praying, and um, I started re reading on depression because everything I was going through is what the definition behind depression was. But then the deeper I went, the more I got confused because mental health is not as clear as like, you have this, this is how it brings off. No, mm -hmm. you can, we can both have depression and totally different ways how depression uh, attacks us, how we fix it, how we go about it. Like, it's not as simple. So um, I called my dad and I had a conversation with him. I was like, dad, um, I think I'm depressed. And uh, my dad was very understanding, which I was scared because um, at that time when I was talking to some of my friends, there's some who from the get-go were very supportive. But most of them, because again, we are not brought up in a culture where we are taught about mental health. And so I don't blame them for how they reacted. It's just that, but that was the the kind of the reminder or the, the eye opener of why I needed to get into this journey because I saw how ignorant we were and it wasn't our fault. So uh, some of my friends would tell me, oh, Paula, at least you have a home to stay. You know, you should be happy. There are people worse than you. It's going to pass. You're just going through this motion, which I get. And trust me, sometimes I beat myself up as well when I'm going through this shit and then I pass a homeless person in the middle of the winter trying to sleep outside and I'm like man I'm such a I, what's the name what's the word uh spoiled brat or something spoiled yeah brat. yeah because yeah, I'm complaining about things but at least I go home and get a warm bed and stay yeah. inside complaining but then I also have to remind myself the battles I'm dealing with mentally, they also matter. It might be small to some people, but to me, it's what is causing my brain to, to act how it is or to be in this position. So I try to level it up like, yeah, I get it. I'm still way better off, but I also to yeah. remind myself that my shit still matters as well. Yes, exactly. And I hate that yeah. people always jump to that. I don't like that they just jump to that. Oh, there are people worse off than you. That's not what you need in that moment. I need you to focus on what I need. And, and I'm not going to lie. I've been guilty of that, you know, before. Again, in my ignorant days, I've been guilty about that in high school where I'll be like, oh, God, you're going to be fine, you know? But the more I started understanding it, I was like, oh, damn, I need to do better. I need to have better thoughts. You know, when people come to you with their problems, instead of actually just listening, but um, instead you start saying, girl, I went through worse last week. Like, you know, invalidating their problems because you went to something similar or worse, or in your case, you think it was also, but because you didn't share it last week, so you're invalidating somebody who's feeling some type of way about what they're going through, but because you were able to survive it, you're like, you get over it. If I could get over it last week, I survived. But we're not the same. 
I have to yeah. constantly understand that my strength is not your strength. My background is not your background. We all have different ways of dealing. And just because I had the strength to overcome it doesn't mean you have the strength to overcome it, you know? Exactly. And that's why there we all know the same. So it took... It, it really did. So um, when I was speaking to my dad and telling him, and my dad was like, how can I support? How can I help? And I was like, I think I want to start a movement called Life with Paula and share my journey right now when I'm going through. Because I feel like there are other people out there who are dealing with this. And maybe just like how I am, I, I am scared to tell people. And because the few people I've shared to have made me feel like your life is still better. Why are you complaining kind of thing, you know? So my dad was like, it's your story. You want to share it? You want to speak up? Go ahead and do it. I will support. And right. I am grateful that I have, because again, coming from Africa, we like to protect our families where we come from. We don't like outside people to know we have issues. Like this you might have a drug dealer brother in your family. <laughs> yes, we will <laughs> keep that secret. <laughs> And unless that person has been caught and they might still find ways to deny or fix the story. Cause exactly. Like, who told you that? <laughs> Somebody bring you your own business. You were like, who told you that? What are you talking about? I have no idea what they are talking about. <laughs> so what were some of your most challenging moments that you faced during your depression journey? Oh my God. Uh, so the thing with me is, Every place I've lived, right, I've had an idea of what my I wanted with my life, right? Um, either I knew I wanted to, like when I was in college or what, I knew after I graduated I wanted to go do this, move here. So I, I always had a plan ahead, but for the first time I didn't have a plan. I didn't know where I was going to next. I didn't know what I wanted to do in my life and I felt like I was a prisoner of my own life and there's nothing but like feeling like a prisoner out of your own life. I literally wanted to just kill myself. I have contemplated suicide before and um, I have sat in my bed where I just switch off my phone. I don't eat and all I do is drink alcohol and you know that's not good drinking alcohol and not eating and just hoping that it just crushes me because I can, I'm in this space where I, I'm thinking like death is the answer to my questions, but I'm also a coward because I do not have the strength to go look for a rope and hang myself or swallow those. So I am also a coward of attempting suicide. So in my defense, I'm like, I already love drinking alcohol. So let me just drink until it gives up on me, not me giving up on it. That way, you know, (laughs) it doesn't feel like. Yeah, it's like, it's not like you're making the direct decision. Like slitting around. Exactly. Compared to going to buy a, you know, like that shows the action. But if you're drinking and people... And, and people already know you are a drinker. They don't take it like, oh, maybe they, they might come with excuses like alcohol poisoning, you know? Maybe all these things compared to how she was literally trying to kill herself. So I've been in those positions where, and um, I'm an immigrant in, in, in America, so I'm also dealing with immigration with my work permit and shit. So when you have that, where you don't have control, and then... You're a person who's so used to traveling and because of that, you can't travel. And then you have also, because of that, 
you can't actually get the the job you want. You just have to get a job just to pay bills while you're waiting for that. So everything in my life is waiting on this one thing, which is done by the government. And you know, the government are not in a rush for you. They take their time, no. you know? Definitely not. You're on their your crowd. So I really felt like a prisoner and, and I'm like, I'm seeing my friends and families traveling and doing that. And I'm like, yo, that's how my life is supposed to be. So I was constantly yeah. comparing where I was and the background I have and the education I have and the family I come from to where also my other friends are and how they're living life. And I, I felt so stuck. Like I felt such, like such a prisoner. That was the hardest I really wanted to to kill myself yeah. like I just wanted I to be like sorry, well, I was like what's the point of living like why am I here like I feel like nothing is moving I feel like all the work I have done all the money my dad has spent to get me all this education and get me where I am was for nothing because I'm here doing shitty jobs just waiting for shit for what so it was a tough moment but again, um, I want to say uh, I love my dad with, like, you, you want to hurt me? Come for my dad. Like, we are, uh, I will go to jail for my dad. So the thought of me killing myself and my dad has to deal with that was what saved me. Because in my head, I'm like, I'm grateful that I have a family who's willing to go above and beyond to help me. Because sometimes they, people do have that and they're aware of it. And sometimes people have that, but because they're so messed up in mind with their depression, they're not aware of what they actually have because yeah. their mind is fighting them. And then there are those people who don't have that love, that support. So killing themselves is an easy way out. But for me, it wasn't because once I started thinking about how my dad was going to take this news, when we both know. I can literally call my dad right now and ask him for anything, whether he has it or not, whether he's going to be mad or not, it will figure it out and help me. He might get mad, he might cuss me, he might ignore me for a few days, but he will figure it out and help me. So that was like, yo, Paul, I can't do this to your father. He doesn't deserve it. That was the little voice that was playing in your head. Don't constantly. Do this to your every time, yeah, every time, every time, constantly was... You know, that man is not going to survive this. And I don't think, I know it's weird to think about this because my friends used to call me very weird. Um, but I overthink. So sometimes I think of things that people don't think about. <laughs> so I, I'd be like, man, and if I commit suicide and my dad gets the news that I committed suicide and that breaks his heart and I end up killing my dad, I won't be able to live with that. So my friends were like, but you're going to already be dead. How do you mean? I'm like, Okay. I I don't know where the I don't know when I have to live with it. And I don't know where the afterlife is taking us. You know, there's so many yeah. um all these news are now where the afterlife is. I don't wanna take that conscious with me. And I do not want to end up killing my dad because I killed myself. Yeah. And I love the relationship that you have with your dad. There's a lot of people that don't have that kind of a support. And to add to your list, there are some people that do have parents like that and they take them for granted. Oh, yeah, my brother. No offense, man. Like, you know, <laughs> and, and for whatever reason, you know, they have their own reasons why they feel like their parents ain't nothing. It doesn't matter to them. But 
honestly, I wish I had that kind of a support in my life because I felt like I've had some times as well where I could have used that kind of a little voice in my head to keep me on my straight and narrow. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And, and to be honest, I always say this. Um, I hope I die before my dad because he literally is the strength I have when I go through shit. So I don't know if once he's gone, what would be my pillar of strength yeah. to hold me back. I'm grateful that me and my dad are very open and talk about every and anything, whether it's uncomfortable, whether it's too deep. Like I can gossip with my dad about business, about relationships. We talk about everything. We talk about his relationship. We talk about my relationship. We talk about every and everything. We talk about mental health and depression. He's the first person. If I need any advice, like I'll go to him because he makes sense. But yeah. I'll go to him once I already know what I want because my dad is also a lawyer. So sometimes he comes back and a lawyer instead of a father. Like, this oh, way. yeah. So I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for that man. Yeah. And, it's, yeah. and I wish, I also wish, I also wish if my, I, I feel like if my mom was open as that because me and my mom have some traumatic experiences, but her being a typical African mom, she's not willing to talk about that. And that's why think our relationship is how it is because she doesn't want to have those conversations where we can clear it up and move on compared to my dad we might fight we might hang up on each other and stuff and then after two days we'll be like okay you ready to talk about this but my mom like she'd rather be okay with just superficial relationships so it is what it is wow that's sadly yeah that's unfortunate because i feel like our mothers are our teachers. You know, they teach us how to be women. They teach us how to be in the world. They are our first example of womanhood and sisterhood and girl friendships. And so to not have the opportunity to chat with her the way you would chat with your dad is definitely, you know, it's definitely a loss, you know. And to be honest, I didn't feel it when I was growing up because uh, I enjoyed being around my dad and I grew up a tomboy. So most of the time hanged out with the guys and everything. But also my mom didn't make really any effort. But once I started growing up, being a teen and going to uh, boarding schools and college and seeing how my friends are with their mom and they call their mom first thing for everything. And then I- I'm looking at like, oh, you guys have that relationship with your mom? Like, this is a whole new world. And they're looking at my world with me and my dad like, wait, what was this? Yeah, <laughs> and that's when you I know? felt like I was missing something. I was like, man, I wish. But if we do have those moments where we literally can talk for like two, three hours and feel like we're sisters and stuff. And then there's just not an ongoing. We have moments. We have moments. Right. And that's good that you at least have moments because... That may be learned behavior for her. Maybe she didn't have that relationship with her mom. And so she never really learned how to cultivate those relationships. Oh, she was very close with her mom. With other... She was really close? Have she you asked her? mom and her dad. I was the favorite grandkids of the dad, but she was close with her pa. That's the thing. There's no asking because she doesn't allow tough questions. Anytime I bring it up, she shuts it down. Like there's no way of having any... So I've just given up at this point. I wonder what that And you, could, you wouldn't notice it even because she has been on the podcast. She has talked about me. So, like, you wouldn't notice it. But in the background, like this, I say, we have moments. So, so I'm learning to just take those moments when we have them and enjoy them. And then in the meantime, mm-hmm. it is what it is. 
You just got to take it for what it is and just move forward. So when did you first realize that podcasting could be a potential outlet for your emotions and experiences? Oh boy, I think in 2021, and I'll say that uh, my podcast started in 2020. And again, it was uh, a depression, uh, COVID, Black Lives Matter, a breakup, all that good stuff that made me start my podcast. Yeah. But when I was doing it, I was doing it for fun, just something to get me out of my mind and something to allow me to deal with the shit I needed to deal with because I had so much stuff I needed to work out. But um, sometimes I tend to avoid things by keeping myself busy. But then when the world came crashing down and there's nowhere to keep busy, you kind of have to face your demons and work that stuff out. So podcast started as that way where, because I wanted to make it a safe place where I can share my stuff. And this comes from the very first episode where I literally just um, shared everything that I was going through. And then after I finished one year, I remember I had a conversation with my younger brother. Shout out to Alvin, that boy, man. So um, he sent me a voice note and was like, Yo, Paula, can you believe you've been doing this for almost one year? Like, you have literally captured history. Because at that time, I was having conversations on COVID, on mental health, on being black in corporate America. And that was the things that were happening in 2020, those conversations. Yeah. So my brother was like, you've literally coded history. Right now, when I have kids and they want to know about 2020, all I, I got to do is tell them to go listen to your podcast. Like, that thing with always be there unless otherwise and that made me realize like yo i have literally built a platform where yeah uh, people can try to because you know sometimes when you're speaking to people right they don't listen to understand they listen to respond so sometimes they are not hearing you because they're so quick they're hearing the negative things and they're so quick to attack that like i might say I'm so mad at you because you did this, this, this. They're not hearing the part what they did. They're just saying, how can you be mad at me? Like, well, yeah. you not know? hearing your reason for being upset. Yeah. But when they're listening to a podcast, they can't talk back to you. They actually just have to listen to what you're saying. That brings a different understanding. And then I ended up receiving a podcast review, and this was from somebody, not even my friend, a person I don't know. They were in Australia. I don't know how they came about my podcast. They listened to well, it. It is broadcasted uh, everywhere. Uh, you are wide, honey. I know, but, but you know, sometimes when, when a random person finds you, especially when there's so many podcasts out there, you're like, yeah. damn, you found me. It, 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 it's a different feeling compared to when I tell you, go listen to my podcast, talk shit with me, right? Okay. Yeah. Okay, so um, the fact that she listened to it, enjoyed it to an extent to leave me an Apple review telling me, thank you for having this conversation. I was just having the same conversation with my partner just a few days ago. And the way you break it down is so warmly to hear or something like that. And that was like, wow, my shit really matters out there. It's really yeah. <laughs> it, you know, and it's really that you're doing the right thing and you're on the right track. And of course, in 2020, the world was shut down. So everybody was trying to find outlets that they can um, either get into, start on their own or be a part of. And so listening to podcasts and joining groups in that time was like the biggest thing ever. 
So for her to have found your podcast, I mean, she was searching for something specific. Exactly. And, and that's the thing, because she didn't find it. So I started my podcast in 2020. My brother told me this in 2021. And then the review came towards actually last year. And the episode I did, because normally I interview people on my podcast, right? So people barely get to hear me apart from the first episode and the last episode where I talk and sometimes a middle episode. So she commented on an episode I did, which was like my final episode. So it was just me. And it was the time that um, last year when I got fired and I was talking about gratitude. And, and it's weird because you're getting fired. You're not sure about your life, but still you're talking about be, uh, gratitude and being grateful. So the fact that she resonated with that episode, which was a solo episode, not the one with a guest. And it, and it was a time where I was also, because podcasting is really, you really have to have the passion and the fire because there are days where you feel like, why am I doing this? Like, who is even listening? Like, you can doubt yourself, you can question yourself, and you, you can merely want to give up. There are people who have given up. And being like, yo, I can't do this because it's a lot of work. So to get a review like that, it's reassuring like, yo, keep going because yeah. people out there need it. Even if it's just one person, at least there's one person out there who's getting something out of this. And that was like the final like, okay, let me get my ass up and go record this episode and get my season back out. Exactly. So that was like taking my moment and feeling sad for myself and yeah and i know what you're talking about like when you have that feedback from somebody that was just really feeling it like i actually did an episode and i did that back in like november of 2022 and it was trauma to triumph and i always remember this because the young lady she was sharing her story for the first time and her story was she had three suicide attempts and she was talking about how her daughters you know was like mom I don't like that you did that because here's how I would feel if something really happens to you and then now that's what pulled her out of it and so I got a friend you know fast forward like earlier this year in June he was like Noreen I have to tell you trauma to triumph I can relate to that he's like I can relate to that because I had that moment where I wanted to take my life as well. And that just really resonated with me. And I was like, wow. And so just like you, I'm like, okay, so these are things that people really want to hear. These are things and that are really capturing those souls because they can pull from it. They can relate to it, you know? And, and it's just a, a testament of what a safe space you're creating because for a person to be able to to share that in your space means that oh my god I feel very safe over here and that's something that we take for granted because not everybody can make you feel safe to share your deepest shit yeah yeah that's the truth I, ha I have to have a I get so many people I get so many people who come on my podcast and be like man I can't believe I just shared that man I can't believe I've never told, you know, and, and that's so good because one, I like making people uncomfortable. Like, and this is, uh, most people tell me they find that weird. And, but my, my, my thing about making people feel uncomfortable is 
you might think you're making them uncomfortable, but in reality, you're making them comfortable. Because once they get uncomfortable, they just start saying things and yeah. being in the place called, you have cut the small talk, you have cut the, hi, hi, how are you doing to fight? You literally go straight. So yes, if I make you uncomfortable, I get you straight to where I want. And then from there, we just start, because either you get shocked, surprised, or like, are you talking to me? Like, what? Yeah. Happened? Well, I get what? Because when you, when you interviewed me and you said, with all those things that you talk about on your podcast, people committing suicide, people being trafficked and all these different things that you're talking about, how do you protect yourself from that? And I was like, let me take a step back because like nobody ever asked me that. And I was like, how do I protect myself? I guess I just go in wide open with everybody else. Like I'm on a journey with them, you know? So yeah, you you really pull stuff out of people and you really take people to places that they never even thought that they would go. And the thing is, the way I do that also, um, I'm this person, I hate preparing for interviews. Like, I'm not going to go do a deep search on you. I'm not going to, I'm just going to take from your bio. Unless there's a specific episode you have required, you have asked me to listen or specific things, you can send me all this stuff and I just briefly look over them. And I look at them the night before the interview or the morning of. If we're recording in the evening, that day I will do it. If we're recording the next day during the, the night before. I just look to them and I will ask because if I start listening and researching everything, I might end up distracting myself and asking you the same things that everybody asks because now they will be in my mind. They'll be, exactly. you know, so I like a fresh text. So I will just read up an idea and I'm going to ask you things. I, I mean, one or two will be things that you've already been asked, but I try to stay out of the box of where everybody has kept you. Exactly, exactly. And that's why... You know, when folks are like, oh, okay, are you going to send the questions across? I'm like, nope, we're going to do this in the raw. We're ripping the Band-Aid off. We're going in with no protection. Grab your drink or whatever you're going to need for that, and we will deal with it that day. No, nope, we will not be sending any questions beforehand. Absolutely not. We're going to be right in the moment. I just want to so, say, you should you should credit me right now, because when you say no protection, I was about to say some things. So the fact that I hold my tongue back, you should be very proud. You should be very proud. So let me take you through. Describe the initial feelings or hesitations that you had about sharing your personal struggles with a wider audience when you first started podcasting. Oh, my God. So let me tell you something, right? Most people tell you that they feared recording their first episode. I had fun recording my first episode because I literally, it wasn't about putting it out there. To me, in my head, this was my trial. I'm just seeing how it feels. And I was sitting there on my phone recording and crying. It felt like I was just writing a diary. You know, if you're a person who journals a wrote and write. Yeah. When I was speaking to that, I just felt like I was writing in my diary. I wasn't sure if I was going to put that episode out. But it came out so raw, so authentic. When I listened to it, I was like, I'm not really recording this. This is going to go out. It has everything that I actually wanted to say. But uh, it was hitting publish. Uh, 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 uh. The, the thing I had in me, because it was like, people are going to know my life. Yeah. Did you have a fear like people are going to judge? Oh my God, yes. But here's the thing, right? I've been judged all my life and I'm okay with that, like to a certain level. 
but it was like this is going to our all audience like the entire world not just the people who know you right there are people who don't even know you so they're getting a feel in your life and then there's no way of saying who can listen and who can't it's not like i'm sending it personally to you you and you right. like i'm choosing you know and, and the fact that my friends my family anybody can get to it so the biggest fear was actually hitting that publish and once i hit it for like Three, four hours, I didn't even promote it. I didn't tell people it was out there because I was like, do I even want to promote it? Do I want to hear what they're going to say? Do I want to hear the judgment of it? Like, I know I don't care what people say, but I lucky also care. Like, you know, it's like, that's it, right? You want to hear the feedback. You know, you want to hear the feedback. You want to hear if people are going to relate to what you're saying. You know, is this the right topic? Because when you're first starting out, yeah, you're a little unsure. You're a little vulnerable. You're like, oh my God, I just shared that. I can't believe I just shared that. And you're like, should I take it offline? <laughs> that is also true. Like until today, I haven't listened to that episode and it still gets downloads. But to the surprising part of it, the feedback was amazing. The way people were reaching out the way people were also starting to share with me how they're also struggling, the way people were opening up how to help and wondering why I didn't reach out for help. The way, like the feedback was incredible, which I think gave me a big end and I was like, fuck it, I'm going to keep on being honest. But then again, yeah, me personally, for anybody who knows me, um, I'm really an open book. Like I don't know when to draw the line between what is too much to be shared or not. Like people will tell you from the day I met Paula, like, cause I read energy. If I feel your energy and I connect with you, I go straight to the deep stuff. But if I don't like you or don't feel that energy, we're going to small talk the way through the entire night. It's like, you're not going to know shit. But I, I go with energy, but without even that, like my Instagram, I've always been an open person. Like, you know, I just put shit out there. Sometimes even my friends are like, Paula? I'm like, I don't care. And to me, in my head, it was always that nobody can ever blackmail me if I'm already sharing it out myself. Like, oh, your skeletons are already out there. You can run. <laughs> <laughs> I, I said it. I said it. I did it. I know I did it. And I've already shared it. What you got? <laughs> and then it, it came to trying to find a medium of where too much is too much and where enough is enough was the problem. But I am constantly a firm believer in oversharing because I feel like the only way the people in my platform can actually feel like they can relate to me is as open as I can be. And um, most of the time in the beginning, because of that, most of my the feedback I was getting back from my podcast is like, your Paula, I literally felt like I was sitting next to you and we were just chatting and you were sharing the stories right there. And that's how I wanted people to feel. And yeah. I, I know I can't give them that feeling if I'm not being 100% myself. Now, there are certain things which I opened up, which, you know, um, I don't think my family and friends would have been appreciated because sometimes I do throw people under the bus. And then after I said it, I'm like, oh, damn, did I say that? You know, at first, when I first came out, I cared about what my family would think. And then I was like, you know what? This is my journey. I, this is this is my outlet. This is what I need for myself. So if they want to go ahead and write their own book or journal or 
you know, go ahead and take up karate or anything to get their aggression out. That's on them. But this is what I need for myself because this feeds my soul. And so when my soul is fed, then I can be the best version of myself to everybody I need to be that to. You know what I mean? So I just stopped Amen. caring after a point. Me too. And like, that we just, like we discussed, we have to be our authentic selves. And that's so true. And then I also came to realize that most of my family and friends just listened to the few episodes when my podcast came out because of the excitement and everything. But I'm pretty sure half of them don't even listen to it right now. So it doesn't matter what I share because they'll probably never know. Because I've talked shit about some people in my podcast and none of them have come to me to ask me. So I know they're not listening. So, you, didn't, you didn't put a disclaimer that the names have been changed to protect the I, I, I don't use them. I just say that friend, but it, I explain the situation and I say it. So if if you're that friend who did that, you definitely know, oh, she's talking about me over here. Exactly. But, um, and then there's those that. friends, and then there's those friends who literally listen, but don't tell me until like, they'll be like, oh yeah, I listened to your last week episode. Then go, like, why didn't you tell me? I was like, I didn't know I have to tell you every time I listen. But when my dad does like, listen <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm over asking my friends to review at this point. Like, I really don't care. Yeah. Like, and I feel like at this point, if you're my friend and I have to ask you for a review, then you really don't care because exactly. I should be asking strangers not as a friend. So, either you want to leave a review or not, I don't bother anymore. Exactly. But there are some episodes I had to tell my dad want to listen because I am overly open in them. But then um, there's some episodes. I'm glad I was so open because people come to me and they're like, oh my God, I learned a little things about you, which makes me understand you better. And and that's how I like it because sometimes people don't understand me or don't understand how I act or why I act that way or anything. So I feel like in my platform, they get, because of how I am openly sharing, they get to understand me and maybe see me in a different light where they're like, okay, you know what? I didn't understand that girl. But now I'm, uh, I'm making a sense, you know? She might be full of yeah. shit, but she makes shit sense sometimes, you know? Yeah. So what kind of topic under the mental health umbrella did you discuss on your podcast? Oh, my God. So the first and second season, I believe it was um, everything. People dealing with um, cancer, recovery, and their mental health to that. I had postpartum depression with my sister. I had my brother, um, his journey to, um, uh, what's the word? Recovery, because um, he was, is uh, now, last week, two weeks ago, he's, he turned 11 years being clean, so his journey, we talked about that, and uh, we have talked about ADHD. Uh, I've had therapists come and share different ways of, of healing, and um, I've had, oh my God, who else? We have about mental health journeys in just everybody just sharing their journeys either with depression or anxiety a lot of anxiety we have had um my cousin talk about being an oreo which i didn't know what it meant but apparently oh, uh, yeah so an oreo you know when eye is white in the crease white in the middle and then black outside so you being black but uh acting like white apparently it's called oh. being an oreo and, and, the, and the mental health struggles with that because, you know, sometimes apparently, you know, they say, oh, my God, you're acting white. Are you too white for me? That kind of, 
So, and then we talked yeah. about. Tell me um, what episode that is. I'd love to listen to that one. <laughs> I, I I send you the link. I got you. I send you the link because I, I I'm really wanting to discuss colorism and things like that. So that would definitely be an interesting listen. All right, I'll send you the link. And we've also talked about um, uh, being an ally during the uh, Black Lives Matter and the mental health behind that and being black in corporate America, the mental health behind that. So I, I try to to take people from different, season yeah. one and season two was about different positions, but how mental health comes into that. And then later on, we went to creativity and mental health. So we still talk. Because mental health is a wide medium, you know, and yeah. everybody suffers with different things. But then the most common ones are the usual ADHD, anxiety, depression. Those are the most bipolar. Those are the most common. Yeah. You hear people having them. So, yeah, mostly those. So you're in your, what, your third season? You're going into your, what season are you in? Your seventh. Seventh season. So seven seasons of being with your podcast, how has it helped you cope and overcome your depression? Oh my God. Um, this is why I'm writing a book called Mental Health. Uh, Mental Health. I mean, podcasting saved my mental health. And you remember the time we were talking about being too open? I was editing the book this week and... I don't think my parents will like some of the things they say in there because once I was editing, I was like, oh, damn, I say it all this. But uh, again, it's my truth. And I know my yes, dad yes. doesn't take anything personally, you know, but uh, it's my mom who I'm kind of scared of. You know, my mom is an African mom, like, you know, she might fly to America and whip my ass. Oh. I'm just scared. <laughs> you know, I'm looking out for this fool. <laughs> That's what you see. That's your truth, you know. But yeah, I'm gonna send a signed copy before everybody gets. You know, like let them have a a free copy before it hits the streets. Just just why? Make sure you check. And if they read it until it, make sure you check. Then it's on them. But you sent them a copy ahead of time so that they can go ahead and read it and. Why not? They're going to get a copy one week before it hits the street. There's no way I'm changing anything. I'm not giving them in time for them to make complaints or what. Like one week before, they'll get one week to read. But I'll make sure I write. But dear mom, this one is for you. Make sure if you can't read it all in time, just check chapter. Send it on. Anyway, I'm dog-eared. We're like, I have put the bookmark in the part that you should probably be concerned about. <laughs> and, and, and you know, Talk Show with P, we have bookmarks. It's going to come out to the Talk Show with P bookmark ready, handed, and sealed, and delivered. But it's something I'm very proud of. And um, I'm not going to switch anything to accommodate anybody because it is my story, my journey, and I'm ashamed my way. Um, but um, the way this industry, like, I tell everybody, like, I say podcasting, I serve my mental health. It doesn't mean my depression is cured. Don't get me wrong. I still get depressed. And even uh, a month ago when I lost my job, I also still thought about committing suicide. So I am not perfect. I am not. I am still working through my issues. But the thing is, I confront them. And um, one way I deal with it is when I'm having those dark times of feeling somewhat, I try to understand where it's coming from, depending on what I'm going through. So sometimes I might say, you know what, Paula? Today, be sad. Sleep, cry, don't talk 
to anybody, but tomorrow we gotta wake up. And the only thing which will make me get up is when I have seasons, like right now, podcasting is happening. When I lost my job, I was depressed, but I still had episodes to promote because my season was just out. So I still had to get excited and show up on social media and, and promote. And that kind of helps get me out of my funk because I have something to do. I have to show up for the people. I might still be going through some shit, so it won't let me stay under too much. And sometimes yeah. also I'll just be like, and me and you have talked about this. We love Trash TV. There's nothing bad about enjoying Trash TV. Trust me. Especially when you're going through shit, when you watch Trash exactly. TV, nothing just, just kills you. And every time I watch that, and, and, and the funny thing is, every time I watch that, uh, it always, any t- and not just Trash TV. I sometimes will play old shows, something just to have in the background where I don't have to concentrate because I know how the show is. I never do a new show when I'm depressed. But once I'm watching it, next thing you know, I'm getting my notebook because either I'm getting content idea, either I'm getting a, a, a episode idea, either I'm getting a IG live idea, something. I'm getting exactly. motivated for new merchandise. So it always ends up bringing me back to podcasting. And next thing you know, I was literally sad and crying and dark in my bed. Next time I'm, I'm jumping up, sitting like, oh my God. Oh, I might even right there and then, if the weather is aside nice, if y'all know me, I love taking pictures and videos. I love creating content. So next thing you know, I saw something. I'm going to my closet looking for something. Let's go out and create content. And it's gone. So that's why I say podcasting has saved my mental health because yeah, it seems like it's getting me out of my funk. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah, I love that. So what are your goals or aspirations do you have for the future of your podcast and its impact on the mental health community? What other thing than getting on that TEDx stage? Duh. (laughs) Oh my God. I have been listening to the TEDx talks and I'm like, that's the goal. Yeah. And I want to say, shout out to my boss. Uh, I met this guy during 2020 COVID, and he has been a huge impact on my journey. And I have not met him in real life. He's in Canada, and just two, three weeks ago, he did his first TEDx. So shout out to him, my fools. Like, you oh, keep wow. inspiring me to yes. be better. So I want to get on that TEDx uh, stage. That's why. And if I tell you this, I have a fear of public speaking. I, I, I do not, I do not like standing in front of people. Then even when I started my podcast, I wasn't doing video because you see, I do all this and I'm like, yeah. people look at me, oh, I, I got comfortable. Oh, you know, because sometimes a tear comes and people, people are like, is she pretending to cry? Is she crying? Is her hair neat? Is that too much yeah. makeup on her face? Is it only like this so much? But um, yeah, I'm like, I stopped caring about that. Yeah, I, I started actually enjoying up showing up uh, on videos. And then the first partner I ended up doing at Podsfest, even though I was nervous, but when people later on after my pan came to me and were impressed, in my head, I think I'm screwing up. But they're like, oh my God, you did amazing. I love everything you say. Can I talk to you? Can I, can we, can we? That, that rush, that still was like, oh my God. I do have some shit to say. People want yeah. to hear the shit I say. People are. Exactly. So and soon TEDx will want to hear it. And that's why I keep putting myself out there. Like, 
uh, I'm going to uh, Afros and Algiers on Friday, and I am in a panel, but I'm also moderating it. I've never moderated. So my thing is, if I'm so fearful of being on the stage, I need to constantly push myself and be on as many stages so that by the time I make it to TEDx, you all won't recognize the same girl that was saying I am shy. But And that's why we're working on my book. We're going to be on TEDx. I just want to keep advocating for mental health and mental health and creativity and just continue showing people with their flowers because we need more people congratulating us and praising us before we actually make it because right now, right now while I'm doing this shit is when I need to hear how good I am and how amazing exactly. I'm doing and how much that, that I can What in the at all? Trust me. Once I'm at the top, I don't want to hear from you. Not to even be sharing me or the people. I'm sorry. Talk to my people and I'm going <laughs> to give you, I'm going to make sure, you know, if you have like five people, you know, I'm going to make sure you get the bottom people by the time you get to me. You know? You but... have done. Talk to my people. That is so funny. I'm always going to be, I'm booked, I'm booked, I'm booked and busy, booked and busy. Well, Paula, before we close, what advice would you give to someone who might be considering starting a podcast to share their own experiences with depression and or mental health challenges? So what I want to say is always remember, it doesn't matter how many mental health stories or podcasts are out there or how many people are talking about it because your story matters and your voice matters. What you went through is not what I went through, what not anybody else has gone through. And as long as you start to share your story and open with your story, I know sometimes we fear about being open with our stories because we think we're going to be judged or people are going to have opinions. Trust me, whether you share your story or not, people are always going to judge. People are always going to have opinions. There's no going away from it. I'd rather people judge and have opinions about my real life than the life they've created for themselves in their minds and their heads. And um, sharing those stories and being authentically you and showing up unapologetically you will bring you to the right community, the right people where you will thrive, you will grow, you will learn and inspire. Because half of the time we think we can't inspire, it's only because we are not where we are supposed to be in the right environment, you will inspire. I never thought I had shit to inspire anybody. But look at it. I'm inspiring the hell out of y'all. I'm telling you. So where can folks find you on your social media platforms? Well, I am talk shit with P in everywhere. I am on every platform, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Stitchers, Spotify, Shopify. LinkedIn, like everywhere you can find, LinkedIn, you can find me by Paula Sima. As of next year, I'm trying to drop the name Mula Mula and just go by Paula Sima. So right now you can find me anywhere by those. And on Facebook, uh, I have a page uh, called Talk She With Me. Uh, I am not accepting friends on my personal page, uh, on my personal profile for Facebook because it's really family and uh, unless I know you. But follow my page. You can talk shit with me on Instagram. I do respond to DMs. I'm very active on Instagram stories. And you'll get a chance to see how goofy. And I have four seasons in one day on my Instagram stories. So come hang out with oh me. My goodness. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. I enjoyed this conversation. I think we should do an Instagram live before this month is over and really just continue the conversation on there because I feel like a lot of things are not talked about. And uh, especially in the Black communities, you know, we want to normalize taking care of your mental health and your self-care and, your, and, you know, loving yourself more. You know what I mean? And Hell so yeah. I feel like the more we can speak out about it, the more it becomes a part of the everyday conversation. And that's really the goal for me. Hell yeah, so true. I am so in for that. And actually, I want to start um, once a month uh, IG live thing. And I was going to talk to you and I have this another woman, Jackie, who I know she's going to be amazing in that. We can do like mental health talks once a month because the topic is the self-care, self-love, and we do a 30 minutes to 45 minutes as you have and just dive into those. And, you know, just have fun with them. Yeah, I think we need to bring our, our IG life presence back to life. Yes, I would definitely love to do that. All right, girly. Well... We will talk soon. Thank you for having me. I had so much fun. Oh, me too. You're welcome. Peace and blessings. Thank you for supporting this episode. I hope you've been inspired and motivated so you can elevate your life. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe so you're kept in a loop when a new one drops. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcasting platform. I want to engage with you, so let me know what you think by giving the episode a rating, writing a review, or leaving a voice message, and I can share them in an upcoming episode. Now remember to also share this with your tribe. Until next time, remember, overcoming adversity not only teaches us a lot about ourselves, others, and life but also gives us the opportunity to be reminded of our own power and strength. So don't be afraid to share your story. And when you're ready to do so, email saveoursisters2020 at gmail.com.